0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We hope you have enjoyed walking through the steps of Jay's book, Lean Inside, Seven Steps to Personal Power. I hope it's helped sort of give you a baseline of what we're talking about. And so today we're going to finish it up.
1: Today we're going to be talking about steps six and seven in my Lean Inside, Seven Step to Personal Power process, formula, whatever we want to call it. What are we calling that?
0: I like process. Welcome
1: anyway, process. There you
0: go. Welcome, welcome. I'm excited for today. This visioning and um, letting go, right? Yes. Awesome. Letting go. I always think of let it go, let it go. go.
1: Right. Both have little kids who are obsessed (laughs) on that music.
0: Frozen that constantly goes through our brains, but... Right. It was the
1: first first uh, movie that my kids saw in a movie theater.
0: Oh, yeah, so it's even more obsessive.
1: Yeah, so they were riveted. Yeah. They were into that for a long time. Yes. They're still a little into Elsa and Anna, but not as much as they were in the beginning. It was crazy. Well, my were, son like, has,
0: like, a crush on Elsa, like he's, oh, funny. it's it's hilarious. Like he sees a picture uh, of her, and he like gets all like bashful and like.
1: How funny! It's hilarious. Oh, it's so. My son wants Key Elsa, so well even
0: better. <laughs> maybe that's, that's what fun. it is. Maybe I'm just saying crush because that's my first reaction. But maybe it's more like. No, if he's blushing, it's more like a crush. Yeah. I think. Yeah, because he like yeah. has a uh, like a, my sister does like the you know adult coloring books and stuff, and she had one that was Disney. And so she did one of Elsa, and she gave it to him, and she's and he was like, ah. and then he, she's That's like, where, awesome. where do you want to hang it? And he goes, in my bedroom. <laughs> 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 and I was like, huh. Else. Okay. <laughs> the first crush on a cartoon character, but <laughs> we digress. So um, step five is visioning. Accountability.
1: No, step six is. Oh, gosh, sorry. We did step five, which is accountability. So last time we did step four and five, which is baby stepping it out, and then five four is baby stepping it out in words and in action, and five is putting in accountability measures like crazy, so to get yourself held accountable for it, and then six in is visioning and seven is letting it go. And that's what we're talking about today. So we're talking about six first. So let's talk about that.
0: Okay. So visioning.
1: Right. You know, and when I first started to figure this out, when I started learning about how to set goals and how to create, how to essentially be a deliberate creator, I started listening to Abraham in 2002. And that was the first time I heard the words deliberate creator. And I loved that. Like for me, just the deliberateness, the on-purposeness, even if you don't believe that you create your own reality with your thoughts, words, and emotions, at least you can get behind being deliberate in your intentions rather than life happening to you, having you happen to life, you know, having you be, you know, taking charge of your life. Pretty much everybody can get behind that. Right. Right. And it was in my very first uh, seminar. The very first seminar I ever did, very first workshop, was in my home. And I did a pilot course, and it was mostly friends that came because I did it just for free. And I was just starting out in coaching, and I just wanted to put together my very first seminar. And the very first seminar I did was called What Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up? And it was all people who were interested in either changing careers or – figuring out something that they would like to to do that they were passionate about. And the cool part about that is that many of those people who were in that original seminar are now living powerful lives that they love doing some of the things that they discovered in that seminar. So that's very cool. But one of the things that I was very that I got very clear about at some point was that if you can't see it, you can't have it. And that there is some and i want to say distinction but it's not it's difficult excuse me to put my put words to it because it's more of a feeling than it is verbal but there's something about being able to have some sort of vision for what you want when you get clear about what you want there's something where you can see it like you can you start to have images of it or you start to have a, have what it's going to feel like And that is what I'm talking about around the visioning, is I want you to spend time doing that on purpose. And the reason is because it creates that, emotes that vision for the future that you want, and that you'll know it when it arrives. Now, most of the time, we have a vision for something, and then once we get the thing that we have a vision for, it doesn't look like we thought it was going to (laughs) look, It doesn't. It's always better, usually, or it's different, or it comes at us from a different direction. But there are things about it that we can get a hold of that uh, really give us the juice and give us the energy to keep moving forward toward our goal. And that's why I think it's important, if nothing else, to vision and spend time thinking about doing the things that you want for your future. Because if nothing else, it gets us excited and motivated to keep going when sometimes it's painful or difficult or we struggle like that does that make sense
0: yes yeah yeah
1: it's it's motivating
0: right no totally
1: yeah and there is a world in the world of metaphysics and in the world of creation that that you know all the masters teach which is this idea that you want to you know Put out the vibration of what you want. You want to feel the emotion. You want to put yourself in the moment. You want to create the conversations you'll be having. You know, I see myself speaking to large, large crowds of people all the time. I vision that. Um, before I did these seminars, I visioned me standing in front of groups of women doing these seminars. Lately, I've been seeing myself standing in front of groups of men because I start my first men's seminar in a couple of weeks. So it's always and – and what I say in the seminar and in the book, and I think it's true, that if you really think about it, everything you've ever done in your life, you've seen yourself do it before you do it. Before you walked across the stage in high school, you saw it. Before you got married, you visioned it. Before you had the baby, you visioned it. I mean, if you really think about it, it's almost like that's part of the human process of creation anyway. Because it's just something we automatically already do. Right. So if you think about it, you're getting ready to apply for a job. You find yourself fantasizing about what that job will be like, right?
0: Oh, totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You want, you have a crush on a guy that you want to date. You see yourself talking to that guy, you know, whatever it is, there is something natural about visioning the future and seeing it before it happens. And so what I say and what, you know, what, what, the, the teaching is to do that on purpose, like to actually spend time on purpose thinking about the things that you want to create and see yourself doing them in your mind. There's also tons and tons of research around visioning for athletes, you know, like, Oh, there's so much research out there about this. Um, And, you know, we're in the middle of the Olympics right now, so I can tell you right now that those Olympic athletes, when they're sitting there with their headsets on, they're watching, in their minds, they're doing that routine over and over and over and over again. And they've visioned it in their minds thousands of times. They've done it thousands of times, but they also have visioned it. And so there is some some process that the research shows that, you know, if you do it in your head a certain amount of times, then it, it, and you do it perfectly every time, then you're more likely to do it perfectly on the field. And so, I'm just saying, let's take that that information, that research, that knowledge, and put it into our everyday lives of creating the things, our visions, our goals, our dreams that we want to create. And let's see yourself do that on purpose.
0: Okay. So, you know, thinking about that from a visioning standpoint, I think that this is one of those things where I think sometimes people will hit that woo-woo button and go, oh, okay, you know, like, I think it, and magically, you know, it'll happen. And and it feels a little bit too woo-woo, which I appreciate, like, you stepping back into it thinking, of, this is what we do, we do this. It's not. It's not an odd thing to do. It's not... You know, touchy feely, woo woo, crazy. You know, whatever to sit there. We're not asking you to like burn incense and beat on a drum and you know whatever. Like you we're can just, do that if you want. Yeah, some people get off on that. You know, like that sounds that's good for you. Um, but you know what we're saying is think about it. Like picture yourself in that place um, losing weight. I had a very difficult time seeing myself as thin. And so that was a big, that was a lot of practice in terms of visioning it. Um, it was, that wasn't my easiest step. Um, but I will vision before I go into a potential client meeting, for example. So if I'm trying to land a new client for my marketing um, agency, like I will, on my way to the meeting, I will picture in my head how that meeting is going to go. I'm going to walk in, I'm going to be confident, I'm going to explain what I want, and what I can do, and what I offer, I'm going to lay out the pricing, they're going to look at it, they're not going to blink an eye, and they're going to sign on the dotted line. You know, like, I, I go through those steps before I walk into the meeting, so that I'm pre-paving that to happen. And when right. I don't do that, if I just, you know, I'm flying down the road trying to get there, and I'm like, well, you know, I, those meetings do not go as well. Those meetings right. do not end, you know, I end up questioning myself and, you know, double back talking and falling on myself and, and then, you know, those don't end as easily <laughs> with the dotted line, you know, but the, I, I mm-hmm. can't tell you how many times that I've done it where I think about it and it just goes that way. Um, yeah. Having a difficult conversation with your a loved one, you know, like if you are fighting with a spouse, or a significant other, or whatever, you know, I will think about it, where, you know, if you're in the moment, you know, we've talked about being triggered, and being hijacked, that's just another great opportunity to vision, you know, like, you're in the moment, you shut your mouth, you walk away, (laughs) you vision how this conversation's going to go, we're going to be able to go through this calmly, and, and adult like adults, Um, it happens, it makes it, you know, it. You're, it's that idea of taking it to the next step of actually seeing it in your mind's eye versus just saying that it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, and had you not done, had we not done steps one through five up to this point, then I could see where somebody would be like, well, I'm just going to sit and visualize and it's going to happen. But that's not the case here because you're in action. Like you've, you're clear about what you want. You know, and the getting clear about what you want, especially in when you're talking about little things like pre-paving a conversation or pre-paving a meeting, you can't. I don't want you to skip the steps of getting clear about what you want. You want to get clear about what you want, and then that's what you want to vision. And sometimes in a relationship, you want to have it be like I'm setting an intention that we're going to leave this meeting completely with love and affinity for one another, or with respect for one another. And that's how that we're. That's the intended outcome. If you go into a meeting with an intended outcome like that, that's what's going to happen. And I'm, I've lived it. I've done it a hundred million times of going into a meeting, very clear that I have a powerful intention to have left being heard, having heard the other person, having them acknowledged, having them validated. You know, if you don't set that intention, then it is kind of like. Well, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I don't like to leave it to that. <laughs> so
0: <Yeah. laughs> um,
1: I do the visioning. And like I said, I I'm I was grateful when I was creating this seminar and creating, you know, oftentimes, you know, I'll know what I want to say or I know that I want people to do visioning, for example. And then I'm like, how do I get them to get this? And at some point, and this is when I – way back when I first started my first seminar – I started to get that, that whole thing, if you can't see it, you can't have it, is because everything you've ever done, that whole world, like I just said, that it's so natural, you do it all the time anyway. Sometimes, and a lot of times, people ruminate on what they don't want, and they sit and stew and worry Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. conversations, or relive, or ruminate over a conversation. You're visioning then, too, just so you know, and you're creating then, too, just so you know. Oh, yeah. And so (laughs) my point is, let's do that on purpose. Like, let's be conscious about what you're visioning and conscious about what you're creating. I also, in the seminar, want to make a distinction between visioning and fantasy. In the seminar, I talk about how, to me, one of my favorite fantasies, and I can sit and entertain myself with this fantasy and have my whole life, (laughs) is something like I win the lottery, like I get dumped, you know. Oh yeah. Twenty-seven million dollars gets dropped in my lap. You know, something like something outrageous, like one hundred and forty million dollars gets dropped in my lap. Yeah. And then I first thing I do, I mean, I have a plan. Like I pay off all of my debts. I pay off all the debts of my siblings. I mean, down to I set up an infrastructure in Lawrence, Kansas, so we never have to have terrible roads again. You know, like (laughs) I have a whole fantasy out there. Yeah. But I don't. I don't play the lottery.
0: Well, then That's you're not going to win. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: That's fantasy. And yeah. it's fun. It's a fantasy. But I'm very clear it's a fantasy.
0: Yeah.
1: How I do think people get confused with fantasy versus visioning. Mm-hmm. Visioning is about like really seeing what you are up to in your life getting created before your eyes. And sometimes, again, it's going to not look like you think it's going to. But there's certain pieces of it, just like I said yeah. – If you have a crush on somebody, you think about going and talking to that person. Or you think about being on a date with that person. If you are going to get married, you think about that day. You think about how it's going to go. You think – I mean you do it anyway. And so this is just about flexing that muscle of doing it on purpose and taking the time. The other thing this forces you to do is slow down a little bit and -hmm. think about what you want and think about am I focusing on what I want rather than I don't want – and it forces you to, you know, sit still for five minutes and vision, think. I usually do it before I go to bed, and a lot of people do that. Before I go to bed, I think about, you know, some of the things I want to create in the world, and I kind of, you know, vision myself doing those things and being in action around those things. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. – I don't know if there's anything else to say about visioning, but anything else you want to add? Um,
0: I, guess, I guess maybe a question would be um, – with this, so from a visioning perspective, going back through the other steps, so we've done, especially like the baby stepping it out perspective, <clears throat> so <clears throat> would visioning be good in terms of like, okay, I've made my little baby step, and so now I'm going to picture myself doing that little baby step, or is it more in-game focused? Does that make sense?
1: I think it's, it's baby steps, but it's also like whatever juice you can get out of as far as you can go. Okay. Because sometimes I can see myself only the first two steps without getting completely freaked out. Don't get to the place of freak out and vision from there. <laughs> you
0: want a vision <laughs> from
1: you wanna vision from feeling good. You know, right. 'cause again we talked about how human beings will start the first step and then we'll think about step ten and quit because mm-hmm. we are afraid of step ten. You don't want to yeah. get there. You don't want to do that. Right. You want to, you know, step, vision out whatever next step you can see and if it feels good to you, that end game is fun to vision.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The end game is a blast to vision because then you've won, you're successful, you've done it. You know, what I think sometimes gets in the way of people, or maybe, I mean, I am I said sometimes gets in the way, and actually I just had this thought just now. It's one of those things that, human be- that we do where we <laughs> actually, I just had this thought just now. But it, it occurs to me right now that perhaps what – might get in the way of people visioning the end game or getting excited about it is that they have this idea and then they think oh um, they start to vision that and then that's what they get attached to and then it doesn't things start to not go that way or it feels like it's not going that way and then there's attachment there and we talked about that like when there's attachment then that's and then that that gets into letting go right because you have to right. let go of the outcome let right. go of the how how it's going to happen But yeah, I think that sometimes people can get attached. I know I have gotten attached to how it was gonna look. I I remember cussing the universe out, cussing God out. I mean, total tirade because I couldn't make kids happen the way I wanted them to happen. Yeah. It took a lot of letting go and a lot of redirection and a lot of, you know, who knows? I mean, sometimes I still feel like it was a forced outcome. But regardless, I have two, two beautiful kids. So, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, it all
0: worked out. We figured it all, all out. Way, I, all I out. feel like it's
1: all working out the way it's supposed to now. But yeah. believe me, at the time, I was pissed and I was like, "I don't understand why this is not working out." Yeah, I was pretty mad, pretty angry about it.
0: I can totally understand. I can, I can picture that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, yeah, you know, from a visioning perspective, so we've got so we've now we've gotten through all of this work and we've worked and we've worked and we've worked and we've done it and we've baby stepped and we're doing it and we got clear and we're, we're committed and we're doing all this work. We visioned it. And now what do we do now? Like, okay. Cosmic joke. Now let it go. (laughs) And this is where I always go. Fuck you. What do you mean? Let it go. Are you kidding me? I did all this work, and now you want to be just like, turn it over. I'm like, what? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Oh. <laughs> I know. It's so
1: true, though. I mean, you just have to. You have to. It's such an interesting muscle to flex, too, with being able to turn things over and let it go. I, um, I feel very blessed to have been flexing my muscle around turning things over uh, most of my life, especially since I was – 19 and I learned, you know, I talk about this in the book where Alcoholics Anonymous was my very first kind of spiritual work that I did. And uh, in AA, they have these, they have 12 steps. And the third step is turning it over to a higher power, getting that you're not the one in charge and kind of turning it over. And so I started flexing my muscle around that pretty early at the age of 19 and I'm, I'm I'm pretty good. I can get attached and get nuts just like anybody else, but it's something that I, I'm not, I'm grateful that I already kind of had a, a, a background of some kind of faith. And this is where I think it can get a little weird. Cause if you don't believe in anything, what are you turning it over to? And this is where it's like, well, at least could we have faith that the sun's going to rise tomorrow? You know, like that's where we get pretty basic. Cause like, if you can turn it over to whatever, it doesn't matter. Just as long as you can get your head not to be grinding it out and holding onto it with a closed fist, then that's, that's, the, that's the juice there is to be able to release it enough and allow. The real word in metaphysics and what um, most people talk about in the Law of Attraction is allowing it to happen. And when we put resistance on the line – then that's we're the ones who are, are stopping it up, keeping it from happening, uh-huh. or we have it in our heads that it should be happening in a way that the universe thinks differently. <laughs> or you know <laughs> how we think that should have happened by now. Because believe me, I have thoughts about that about a lot of things that that should have happened already by now. Yeah. And really, it's because I'm not I'm not enjoying the journey, and I'm crying about the journey or not enjoying the journey. And so I'm like, that should have happened already. But there's, uh, you know, there's something – there's just something about um, having a level of faith. Things are always working out for you, knowing that, that, that all, you know, ultimately all is well, that if you can ground yourself in and turn it over. And every single – again, I say this all the time, but every single coach leader, spiritual leader, personal development leader will tell – has the same talks about this. Um, Jack Canfield says, focus on the wow, not the how. So give up like you could have a vision of how something's supposed to, or what you want and then j- you have no idea how you're going to do that. Right. Um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Edwin Gaines said I didn't know how to go through puberty either, but I did it. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. Is we all it's go so through true. things we don't know how to do. We, yeah. We don't know how to. You know, you had a baby. You didn't know how to do that. I mean, you just do stuff you didn't know how to do all the time. And yet when we're creating something, we want something, we go, we freeze up at the thought of, oh, my God, I have no idea how to do that. And so really letting go is about getting rid of that freezing up and uh, letting it go. I wanted to pull out because Edwin Gaines in the book, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, is one of my favorite go-tos. And she quotes, and here's what's always fun for me, is when one of my modern-day coaches slash spiritual teachers quotes an older and he's not even ancient but she's quoting napoleon hill and napoleon hill was is one of our you know think and grow rich is one of the primers for personal development so she's talking about in her book this is on my book it's page 92 if people are want to look at it but uh, she says that Early in her studies, early in my studies, I came across a line in Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And then she puts in quotes, directed faith makes every thought crackle with power. Every thought crackle with power, directed faith. And it's like, I just, for some reason, that really, that line inspired me. She goes on to talk about directed faith. And it's like having faith in something very specific that you just can get into a vibe of just a knowing. And when you get into a knowing, then the letting go part is so easy because you just know what's going to happen. And that's, you know, apart from that day that I lost my mind and cussed out God, um, I always have had a knowing that I was going to have kids, for example. Like that's just something I've always pretty much known. And I've had moments in my life of other things, like the time that I... The time that I went and got a job in 2008 when no one said there could, no one could find a job in 2008. And I was, my business was slow and it wasn't what I was committed to, what the money I was bringing into my coaching business was not sufficient to support my family and what we were up to and wanting to buy a house and everything else. And so I said, I just had this knowing come over me where it's like, I'm going to go get a job. I had no idea how I was going to do that. I just knew that was going to happen and took baby steps and within two months I had a job and I also knew that that job was going to propel me into the next level of my own business and that I would only I declared I would only be at that job for one year I was at that job for one year and six weeks that uh, the next year I landed a contract with a a company that paid me working part-time what I was making at that job (laughs) Like, I mean I just knew I just had a knowing and so it's hard to describe that for people um, because it's a muscle that it's again, it's one of those feeling things, but it's about finding some way to either, you know, to say the words I turn it over, I let it go, I release and let go. That's one of my favorite ones is to say, I release and let go. I sing a song that I release and let go. Whatever it is for you, I say in the book, I think there's a, I talk about the third step prayer, which is the, again, going back to AA, there's a prayer. That I memorized when I was nineteen years old that I still have memorized, and I sometimes I'll just say that, and it used to be that I would say it like every hour on the hour if I was stressed about something and if I have a client that's all bunched up and like really freaked out about stuff in their lives, like we'll go I'll go back to that guideline of every hour on the hour as soon as you see the clock hit, then the new hour say a prayer, turn it over, let it go, and if you're doing that on a regular, what's cool, and what what I find is that if you're turning it over on a regular, like, just, it's amazing. What happens is then you get into a flow. Like, it, that's when you start to see, you know, one of my favorite quotes recently is, um, I heard Abraham say something like, and I'm not, uh, this is not a direct quote, but it was something like, the morning always brings perfect timing. Ooh. And yeah. I love that.
0: I love that. I love
1: yeah. that. I love it because, and what Abraham's talking about is that when you go to sleep, Abraham says you reset your vibration. So you can be bunched up and having a hell of a night and feel miserable, but if you go to sleep it's do over the next day. Yeah. Like your your vibration resets. And so what I've been noticing is trying to do that where I'll like wake up in the morning and be like, the morning always brings perfect timing. And if I don't fuck with it, yeah. <laughs> then everything will just go the way it's supposed to. Right. If I stay out of the way and, that's part of really being able to turn things over and know that when you turn it over the universe has got perfect timing. I mean it never fails. Anything we've ever done, we can look back. We don't see it in the moment, but it's just like your story. We can look back over your story and we can see divine timing in every minute of it.
0: Yep.
1: Right? Oh, yeah. But, boy hell yeah. we couldn't see it. We couldn't see we may not have been able to see it at the moment or you couldn't. Same with oh my me. God, I can't no. Yeah. I have to see divine timing. And those times I was gnashing my teeth and cussing God. And, you know, I mean, it it's all happened the way I was supposed to. I just couldn't see it. And so letting go is about being willing to give up that I – know anything really but being able to give up that that i'm in i'm the ultimately the one in charge because it's i'm not necessarily i mean i am creating my own reality and at the same time there is a divine flow that if i let myself get into it way way it happens way better and that's what i want for you is to get into that kind of flow where it happens way better than you trying to control every minute of it
0: right and it doesn't and i think that it's i I appreciate from you i I know that spirituality is one of the things that we talk about in um, in the survey and in the book. And, you know, that's one of those areas that you can, you know, start to work on or whatever. But there's never, there's, I think that it's so important to recognize that it's not a specific thing that you're turning it over to. No. You know, some people call it God. Some people call it goddess. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it, you know, whatever it is, it can be, you know, boom boom the magic clown yeah, I, don't I don't care it. yeah, yeah it don't care. um as long as you it's long because i feel like there has to be i think that it, it goes back to visioning but you have to have this kind of thought in your head of of that you're letting it go to something you know it's not just into because if you if you just like let it dissipate you know if you just like think about like letting it go into the mist then you're not holding clear that vision so it's like you have to let it go to something, you know? Like So whatever it is well, that you can wrap your head faith. around. You
1: know, the universe is so vast. And again, if you just look at the sunrise and sunset and all the stuff that happens beyond our... Con- the fact that we're just breathing. I mean, come on. You don't have to think about breathing. You just breathe. I mean, all you have to do is think about that and know that you're not necessarily running the show here. <laughs> like you know, that's what I mean. What I like to think about it's it's interesting because it's an interesting paradox to, on one hand, no, I'm the one creating my own reality, and at the same time, no, I'm just a speck of dust here, really. And but the speck of dustness when I can let myself go there and really just t- love that, like I love that. I'm just a speck of dust in this huge universe of where things are just moving and creating and growing um, that gives me a lot of peace actually and has me know that I'm part of something bigger and I love that I the spiritual peace for me is like I like to use Eric Butterworth's definition where he says that the universe or God whatever you want to call it is like an, like the ocean and I'm a wave so I can't be separated out of that ocean right right You can't take the ocean, out a wave, out of the ocean. It cannot be separated. And I am not all that that is. Like, I'm not the whole ocean. (laughs) I'm just a wave in the ocean. So there's other waves in the ocean. Right. And so if I can just let go and ride my wave, then man, that's when life just gets so juicy Uh, because I get to stay in my own lane and I'm doing my stuff. And I'm also just present to the divine timing. And again, morning brings perfect timing. I love that. So I can always, I love to get in that vibe. If I can think of that first thing in the morning, that's one of the best things ever because I'm just looking for the perfect timing and staying, trying to stay in that vibe.
0: This one was a struggle for me in a lot of ways just because I'm a control freak, first of all Uh, because so fucking letting it go was like what yeah you're an asshole for making me not wrap my arms around it and squeeze as tight as possible Um, but the other one was like letting it go in like little teeny ways and I think it was I think it was you that gave me this example was when you're running late and you're freaking out because you're running late and you hit every single goddamn red light and it's because you're, like, it's, you know, what you focus on gets bigger or, what, you know, whatever. You're freaking out about it. But as soon as you, like, let it go and you just, you know, I'm going to get there and, you know, it's the perfect timing. I'm going to, whatever it is, it's when I'm supposed to get there. Then you, there's a difference. Like, all of a sudden, like, you just fly across town, you know. And I had this experience yesterday where I had totally did not give myself enough time to get to a lunch for a friend's birthday. And I was coming in from Topeka and I had not given myself the time to cross town. I hadn't thought about that part when I was coming back. Um, and I was stressed. I was, I was like, God damn it, God damn it, God damn it, God damn it. And I got about halfway there and I went, okay, first of all, the people that I'm going to go see are going to laugh at me because I'm going to walk in all flustered and stressed out. And they're going to be like, shut the fuck up, Becca, like deal. Like, these are the, these are my people are going to be like, it's okay, let it go. So I was like, I'm going to let it go. And then literally, like, as soon as I was like, whatever, I'm going to be fine, it's going to be fine. I hit every single green light and got across town in like five minutes. Um, You know, it's like little things like that are good reminders for me in the big picture does that make sense
1: yes yeah it makes perfect sense and it's and it's again it's like a willingness to get out of your own head and stop resisting and just get into the flow and you know and and that's just a baby example of letting it go and that's the that's the whole deal is like you know you can let go in a major way on a regular but you can also let go moment by moment by you know and it's always there to let go to <laughs> you know it's like it's it's not going anywhere. Yeah,
0: and that's a good feeling, you know? It's it's the idea of having something to let go to also when you're in those moments of hijack or those moments of stress or you're walking into that situation where you're like you know, you you you've like pre-paved it like a fa- like okay, for people who have like family stuff. You know, this is a great example of letting it go. Like walking into a family situation where like you're stressed out about whatever, like you have this difficulty you know this is a new focus for me where it's like let it go you know like um it's going to be okay it i'm just turning it over whatever happens today is is the way it's supposed to happen it's okay and then when those like the waves start to hit you know we talk about you know the ocean when those other waves <laughs> start to like crash up against your wave you can be like i'm good you know there's a there's a whole other feeling about you don't have that need to like resist it as much because you can just let it sort of slide off your shoulders in a different way because you've practiced it and and then when you are able to do those little ones when they those baby step ones the big ones seem so much easier they don't yeah. i don't freak out as much about letting go the you know am i going to have enough money this month to pay my right. bills like i i I'm going to have enough money to pay my bills. I've turned, you know, universal provide, like I'm good. You know, those things that a year ago, if somebody would have said to me, Becca, you're not going to freak out about if you have enough money to pay your bills this month. um, I would have laughed at him, even though I'd been doing the work for a while. Um, It's one of those things that you just have to let yourself practice over and over and over again and start small. You know, if it freaks you out to turn over your bills to the universe (laughs) then don't do that
1: well and i think the toughest time and the toughest time to like turn it over is when you have an unfulfilled expectation or something you really want doesn't come through and especially when it feels like because sometimes you know i've had this happen not to me recently but to Clients recently, or people I've been talking to, I can't remember, but I remember this specific conversation within the last month or so of somebody having something that really occurred like it was divine order, really occurred like that job was the one, and then they didn't get that job. And that's a time when it's like, damn, like how do you? And that's, but the bet for me, that's another form of letting go is to be like, if not this, something better. Mm -hmm. Because I, and I'm pretty good at that, I've got a big muscle around flexing. Like, not to get attached, because if this didn't work out, then that just means something better is coming. And I don't always know what that something better is, and sometimes that something better doesn't look better at the time. (laughs) And it's weird.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. so,
1: but there's a level of trust I have now, because I've seen it so many times, you know, why things work out the way they do, Mm -hmm. you know? I know somebody whose house didn't sell for like a year, you know, she kept... Being like, what the hell? Why won't this house sell?
0: Yeah, I,
1: you know, put energy out towards it. I spoke the word, you know, and so if I, I, mean, and that's that's for me too. Is I I speak the word enough with people and have a feeling and get get in their vibe enough that if something's not happening, I I don't know, but it's divine order. I mean, I can't tell you why, but I think that you'll know why, not very long from now and so you know like this person in particular who just her house finally sold and as soon as i saw her i said can you tell me why it's divine order that your house sold now oh she had a whole list she knew she knew exactly why and so it's just interesting why we can't i I think that sometimes we could say it's human arrogance that we think we should or we can see all the parts and all the pieces but we just can't it's like You know, we're standing up against a tree trying to see the whole forest. You just can't see it all. And so part of letting go is getting that about yourself. Like, you're just a poof of dust in this universe. (laughs) You can't see the bigger picture all the time. Yeah. And so get over yourself and, like, get that. Like, you cannot see the whole thing.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so, but there is other things at work that are making all this whole thing work out the way it's supposed to.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, not to. I, I, I'm a little trepidatious about saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because you know me, I'm tr- I stay the hell away from politics. <laughs> and I do it on purpose. Like, yeah, I, I do not. I, oof, I don't want to have anything to do with all these converse- negative, awful conversations. don't no. And um, they just take me down. Yep. But I will say, the conversations I do appreciate engaging in are with other people like me who get that. We're fine. Like, there is uh, there is something, there is, it's all happening the way it's supposed to. <laughs> like, it's all unfolding the way it's supposed to. And I really believe this about this election. Like, I have so much faith about this ele- I'm not worried at all. People who are engaging in, I'm so worried, I'm so scared. I'm like, please stop doing that. <laughs> like,
0: yes. What
1: you focus on gets bigger, people. What you focus on always gets bigger. So if you are focusing on the fear and you are focusing on the trepidation, then that will continue to grow. I am focusing on the fact that the uni- the universe keeps its. We keep ourselves in orbit for crying out loud. We can hand It can handle this. Like this is this is getting handled. I have complete faith that it's all unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to. I'm just clear.
0: Well, you know, I actually. I've let it go. I appreciate that because I've been definitely having more of a freak out level of this one. But then the other day I started to think about it cuz my 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 focus has been on the the negativity, the the how we've stirred up this population of people who are now feeling Free to speak their racism and their bigotry and their homophobia and all of those things and in their uh, xenophobia like the, like this whole like population of people are coming out of the woodwork and like where why are we letting them speak these words like this is not okay and I started to freak out about it and thinking like this and I started to feel like it was so much bigger than it really was first of all that was one, number one and so that was a first recognition but number two was. I've also heard more people who um, I would consider conservative quote unquote conservatives who are rallying against this language and this this population of people who are following the the ne- you know the 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 mean Got you know, so you know what, does that make sense? Like, there's, it's like, maybe what needed to happen was we needed to have this rise up again, so that people could look at it and see just how horrible it is, and how wrong it is, and how nasty it is, and how it's not the way that people want to feel. And so like, it's like almost like I'm not that. And so it gives them the opportunity to open up their eyes to maybe some things that they had been against or not thinking about like the, you know, a transgendered community or, or, or gay rights or the right to marry or, you know, all of those things that maybe they're questioning themselves now saying, did I sound like that? You know, yeah, like, yeah. And if, if yeah. we could convince those people. Like, I don't want to be that, because that's not good, and I know that, but I sound like that. That's what I sound like. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and this, you know, it's interesting, because the gay community, and me in particular, have some pretty powerful example and experience around this. When I first, uh, I I'd mentioned this when we talked about uh, my my history before, when I first became the president of the gay student organization at KU, that year was the first year that Fred Phelps started to picket funerals of gay men. And... It everywhere. And at first, we didn't realize that ignoring him was the best thing for us. Mm-hmm. And so we, like I debated him on the radio, we gave him a lot of airtime, you know, and then we realized, oh, he's just a whack job and we need to ignore him. Right. But I will tell you that that guy picketing funerals and going all over the world, I mean, that man has been all over the world telling people faggots are going to hell. And I mean, all this stuff, right? He has done more good for the gay community than anybody else. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, and I mean, that's a big statement. I don't want to say anybody else, but he has done a lot for the gay community because exactly what you're talking about, good, real people who are actually Christians who follow the teachings of Jesus Christ (laughs) will look at guys like that and go, my God, that's not what I want to represent, you know, and they'll cross the street to come talk to the gays because he's so volatile. And so that's exactly what's happening and that's at least that's what I see as happening. And you know I, we experienced it so intensely with Fred Phelps here in Kansas. Hes right up the street in Topeka or he was God rest his soul. Um, his family's right up the street in Topeka still doing their thing, but nobody takes them seriously now. And in fact, again, you know everything they do just makes it better for the gays because he's so outrageous and so ridiculous. Oh, yeah, and that's that's what I believe in my heart of hearts is happening, and it's all supposed to be happening that way because white people needed to wake up, and we had to have a n- level of sexism. I mean, the fact that you know one of the things nuts, and again, I don't want to talk about it too much because I'll get crazy. Is <laughs> you know. All this, all of a sudden, everybody's up about the dirty political system, and it's all Hillary's fault. People, if you don't get that that's systemic ses- sexism, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, this woman has been – this. all of a sudden, it's all on her. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If she was a man, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Nope. So, you know, that – it just makes me nuts. But that and, – and people have got to get that – you know, you got to have somebody so whacked out – that it, I mean, I believe for some people in this country, you have to have somebody so whacked out that they'll vote for a woman. I mean, that's sexism still working. So I just, I just have a lot of faith and I've let it go and I keep letting it go and turn it over. And I do my best not to engage in, um, in conversations about politics, except for like what we're talking about, where I just have a lot of faith that it's all going to work out and, it's going to. It's gonna. Whatever's supposed to happen for us is going to happen. And I really have faith that it's all going to go the way it's supposed to.
0: I love it. Okay.
1: Keep turning it over. Turn it over. Turn it over. Turn it over. Yeah, turn it over. whenever I see that over.
0: orange man's face, I'll just turn it over. I <laughs> will <turn> <laughs> appreciate that. All those crazy people who are, you know, using their faith, I'll be like, I'm turning it over that you're not going to be able to use your faith in this manner any longer yeah i
1: want to i want to go back to real quick to go back to this book um on directed faith because again this is napoleon hill talking about directed faith and then edwin Gaines taking napoleon hill talking about directing directed faith and she goes on to say directed faith is not a vague hazy wishful yearning it is a powerful belief of expectancy that causes the universe to send us wonderful things
0: I love that, right? Yeah.
1: A powerful belief of expectancy, and that's what it is for me. About turning it over, it's like I have this powerful belief that I'm expecting it, and I don't need to then control it. I don't need to, you know, sit and stew about it and freak out about it. And the more you do that, it's that. Remember, what you focus on gets bigger. That's what ends up. You know, you get what you focus on.
0: So if you're focused on all the things that could, the bad things that could happen because of X, Y, and Z, then that's what's going to ha- X, Y, and Z happen i mean and it's like i've seen it happen over and over and over again in my life and and it's so easy to slip into those patterns because it's like you know there's i think as women as well um the worrier is um not only supported but like encouraged like, that's mm-hmm. one of the traits that women are supposed to mm-hmm. have, is worry. Oh, yeah. We're the ones who are supposed mm-hmm. to, like, you know, twist our hands, and, and you know, we've got a, our little chickens, and we've got to make sure everybody's okay, and we, we're we the ones who take on the worry. You know, if, if I said to my husband, like, all of the things that would go through my head and the fears that I have on a day-to-day basis, you know, or, or had on a day-to-day basis of just, like, the most random things you know like I, I, and he would be like why do you think think that what what do you mean like why would they right. even go there and it was like but what do you mean it, it's like as women we're told like that's a part of being nurturing i think is like something to worry. like that
1: it is weird and i think that i know from i wonder sometimes about that in terms of is that training i'm still the jury's out for me is it training or is it testosterone? <laughs> like, you know, that's always my question. My question is always, is it training or is it testosterone? Because I will say that on testosterone, I don't worry. And I don't know if that's because I've trained myself. I have trained myself in the world of, if I'm going to be a faithful person, then I why would I worry? Like, why, If you're going to pray, why worry? I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. If you actually believe your prayers, then that doesn't make sense to worry, but I also just don't feel as revved up or juiced by worry, and that's why I wonder if that's testosterone sometimes like it doesn't occur to me to worry <laughs> you know like and i again, I can't it seems like it that gets better every year for me, and I don't know if again that's because I'm trained as a man to not worry and women are trained to worry. I don't know, but it's it's a worthy inquiry I think to, to think about sometimes because i speak I'll speak to you know, a crowd of 300 people and I'll say, how many of you w- have heard yourself say in the last week, I worry or I'm a worrier or I worry that and, you know, tons of people raise their hands and they're usually all women and it's almost like they wear it like a badge.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Like it's not shameful to be a worrier <laughs> at all. Oh, no. It's like a badge of honor because I, I mean, like they walk around talking about it all the time and I'm like, why would you do that? Like that doesn't make any sense to me because worry for me is like, you're creating scenarios. You're making up shit to scare the crap out of yourself on purpose.
0: Yes. Isn't that weird? When you say it that way, well, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what's happening. You're
1: making up shit to scare yourself on purpose. That Uh, does not
0: make sense to me. No. But that's what warriors do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also think there's part of it. And I was talking about this with a couple of other moms. Um, when we recently had at um, a water park here in town, and I know this is a horrible thing to bring up, but there was a water park accident where a 10-year-old right. boy was killed on a water slide. Um, right. We had been at the same water park about a week before. We did not ride that ride. Um, that was a choice that we made. My kids are not, one of is not really old enough. The other one is just, not interested. She's got a major fear of heights that we're working on, but she was just, you know, it wasn't something we were going to do, but we did ride some of the other water slides. You know, we did other things. Um, uh, and we were talking about it because on postings on Facebook, on a lot of the social media stuff, there was a lot of blame happening that these parents had let their child, why was a 10 year old on this ride? And, this, I would never let my child ride on that ride. You only have
1: to be 42 inches to ride that ride, don't you? Sec- yeah, like that.
0: yeah, you know. <laughs> Why and would a
1: 10-year-old it, be on that ride?
0: And it's all, and he weighed, you know, 71 pounds, and he, you know, he fit in within the weight, you know, like, and, and so all these people were like, and it was very blaming, you know, it was very blaming of the parent that they had made this choice for their family and their child that he was allowed to do this. And to me, it was like, it hit me in such a place where it was like, first of all, fuck you, you know, by the grace of God, go I. I that's how I always deal with any parenting decision you know we all are out there trying to do the best that we possibly can and that these parents have got enough to deal with let alone somebody blaming them for what you know was an innocent decision that thousands and thousands of other parents have made that summer you know let alone that day and secondly it it brought back to me this thought of the worrying i mean it was like what as a mom, as a parent, we also are placed in this world where it's like we have to think about all of the bad stuff that could possibly happen, <laughs> you know? Like okay, you know, I w- I'm going to put my kid in a bubble because like I don't want anything ever bad to happen to them. It's the parents who got arrested for letting their 11 and 12-year-old walk to the park by themselves and they were told that it was child endangerment, you know? Like what? I was alone at six, running around my neighborhood. You know, what do you? When did we become this nation? And it goes back, I think, to worry and judgment. You know, like we're all afraid of being judged for something, a decision that we make that, in the end, is a bad, something bad comes from it. And it's like, how do we get past that? I mean, that might be a whole episode that we could talk yeah, about that conversation. For
1: sure. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But I do think that there is a culture of worry and I think that, and a culture of blame. I mean, mm-hmm. and, that, and that, and it's sad and, and unfortunately, this is why I try to stay away from social media because that's where all that gets unleashed.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the thing for me that you didn't say that I find fascinating and where I kind of often think is, God, you're such a calloused asshole. But the interviews I saw around that were things like people saying things like, well, I'm just scared because we were just there yesterday. It was like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'm always like, am I just compassionless that I cannot grasp? Am I like this is where I'm like, is there something wrong with my brain that I do not compute that I do not understand what these people are talking about? Yeah, we were just there yesterday, and that that could have been us. Well, I guess, but that,
0: but why it would wasn't. You sit and
1: stew about that because yeah. it wasn't. And that's where that whole thing it's like, see, you're creating scenarios to scare yourself on purpose.
0: Yep. Yep. I it's just another form of worry.
1: It's, a, that, yeah. it's a juicy cortisol in there that, t- to roll around in.
0: Yeah, it is. So
1: that's some yeah. stanky stuff to roll around in. I think human beings enjoy that. And that's, but I'm just that's
0: totally I'm picturing talking. your face when you hear somebody say that. Like, that's why I started laughing. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah,
1: because I'm just like, yeah, cause I'm picturing just
0: like, the J face. like, Right. Mm. No, And
1: thank God there are people on Facebook that I'm watching not, like, or, you know, videos on my computer not right in front of me. Because I do have that look on my face like, what?
0: (laughs) What the hell is wrong with you?
1: Why would you go there in your head? Like, I don't understand that.
0: But when (laughs) you say it, it's so funny. Because I'm like, yeah, why would you go there? Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. But it's like, when you, (laughs) and then it's like, Yep. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't know. And all you have to do is give that J look like, what the fuck? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. <laughs> oh, God, I did that, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> I like... I was like going through the comments like, ah, you know, I was like, there's that part of my, there was that momness in me, like I had to read these comments of these assholes and I don't know to make myself feel calmer. I don't know what it was, but it was like, I was reading all about this thing and finally I was like, what am I doing? Hell, like, why are you doing that? Why am I doing this? I don't need this. I don't need this. I what I can do is I can say a prayer for that family. I can say (laughs) I
1: prayed for that family. You know, I can say
0: God. You know, my heart goes out to them. I can let them, you know, feel love and light coming from as many people as possible, and know that you know, I, I can do that. And then I can look at my kids and I can give them a big old squeeze and tell them, you know, I love them. And yeah. and that didn't happen to us, and it um, yeah. and it didn't matter yeah. that we were there the week before, you know, like it matter. It, it yeah. didn't matter, yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing yeah. changed. Yeah, but I don't well, think I'll be I, going back. <laughs>
1: well, and I think that what we're talking about here is the most important thing. I mean, all of this work is managing your mind. Yeah, because that thing could just go nuts on you, you know. I mean, it'll just it'll go to the darkest, weirdest most effed up places and learning to manage your mind is the biggest muscle in all of this work and being able to catch yourself when you're having thoughts that are purposely intended to scare the crap out of you and to raise your cortisol and to give you something negative to stew on is a powerful powerful shift and I've had people I have one person in particular who did my seminar and I love she gave me a a quote one day feedback where she talks about how Before I took Jay's work, I used to, and she used to ruminate a lot, Mm -hmm. and so she started doing the work, and now she doesn't, and that's kind of disappeared for her, and she's really taken a hold of managing her mind and not letting herself go to places that just stir up stress. It's like, oh, I'm stressing myself out on purpose, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we do, it's not, when we're unconscious of it, it's obviously not on purpose, right? Right. Right. Our goal is to get you to a place where you watch yourself do that and go, why am I doing that? Like yeah. there's got to be some juice under that. There's a reason I get to be a victim. I get to be a martyr. I get to roll around on my stank. I get to, you know, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's And when powerful. you feel
0: that coming on, you know, here we are. Like, and it and it becomes a process of, I know that we've talked about this in like the global sense a lot for this, all of these different steps, because that's part of it. You know, taking on different areas of your life and going through these steps and getting clear, getting conscious, getting around it, and baby stepping yourself out of things that you – and baby yourself to goals that you want to create for yourself. That's a big – the big part of it. But the other part of it is the little part of it where the smaller part of it becomes sort of natural to you that Mm -hmm. like I start to feel that feeling going in my gut Mm -hmm. and it's like I can start at step one and get through step seven – in a couple of minutes where mm-hmm. i'm like okay why am i feeling this way okay i don't want to feel this way i'm committed to not feeling this way you know it's like and, and it becomes sort of second nature mm-hmm. that you and it's, it's funny now that going through those steps again recognizing that that's what i'm really doing i'm really mm-hmm. going through these like seven steps in my head going okay You know, I don't want to feel this way, I've got to get clear about what I want, how I do want to feel, how can I get myself there, you know, even if it's something as little and mundane as getting across town because I'm late, you know, I mean, like, your mind automatically starts to do these things, and then you get to let it go, and it's like, boom, let it go, now, like... I hope I eventually get to the point where I don't have to go through steps one through six, but I doubt it. Um, I just turn it over. um, And maybe there are some things that I'm able to do that more with. But, like, when you're hit with that feeling in your gut, and we all know that feeling, you know, like.
1: Well, and some people don't. I think that because people are unconscious of that to begin. That's what I was going to say. It's like you've been doing it long enough that you can start to. And I talk about that in the seminar. Like, I want you to know in your body what it feels like when this stuff starts to kick in. Like, what does my body do? And then if I yep. know that, then it gives me a better clue as to, oh, that's happening. Like, my yep. my solar plexus are tightening up, and my, I'm breathing shallow, and, you know, like that. And then even a baby step in that situation is take a deep breath. You know, like, yep. say a prayer, get conscious, whatever. S- say right. to myself, I'm sitting in this car driving right now. Because half of the time, what's happening is not really happening in the moment. It's happening in our head. <laughs> like, it's not. Yep. Nothing is happening right now, right? Nope. <laughs> right I'm now I'm driving clients, I'm across
0: like, town. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Sometimes I'm on the phone with clients. I'm like, you're on the phone with me right now. Otherwise, nothing else is happening. Like, everything else is in your head. You're on the phone with me. That's all that's happening. But, you know, when we're stirred up, boy, it's real. I mean, okay. whatever's happening in our head is real. And so that muscle is about, like, really managing managing your head and, and, and turning it over is a is a, once you notice that and being able to release that is a really powerful tool
0: yeah that, write it down you know that was one of the things that you told me I know that we're kind of going past some of the conversation today but write it down like write down the way that your body feels write down some of the words that come out of your mouth when you mm-hmm. start to get into that area so like there are I know that there are certain words that I start to say that when I hear myself say them it's like oh uh, you know I got to Wait a minute, check myself here, because that is a word that I use when I'm I'm sliding into panic, or right. sliding into overwhelm, yeah. or sliding into whatever. Um, and so it's words, it's the way your body feels, it's the, you know, it's the people that you're around. Get it down on paper, like... Find out what those triggers are, find out what those things are happening, the way that you feel, and write it down so that it becomes concrete in your mind. You know, I think that we can think about them, and we can go, okay, this is what I feel like, or whatever, but as soon as I wrote it down, it became real, and it was like, okay, this is a thing. Like, this is, and this is constantly how I do it, too. Um, These are things, so that you start to see those patterns, um, it's like writing down everything that you eat in a day or writing every you know, thing that you spend in a day or whatever, write down those feelings of when you start to get there and then yeah. you can start to see those patterns and stop them. Cause yeah. that's what we want. We want people exactly. to be powerful every moment of their lives as much as they can be, you know? Right. So let's do it. Now yeah. we've got, so, okay. So we've, now we've done it. We've gotten, we've, we've seven stepped, right?
1: We did. We seven stepped.
0: We, ste- we seven stepped. Yay. Yay. So now what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now what? Now what do I do? We're going to do some coaching, aren't we?
0: Yep. I think that's what you said. Yeah, I think we should do some coaching. Um, I'm going to pick a topic, um, an area of my life to work around. Um, If anybody – and we we can also pull some stuff from the Doing the Work with Jay and Becca Facebook page. So we can also sort of – Maybe coach around some of those things, or pull some people in for some coaching. Um, so if you guys, um, you know, go in there, we've got those commit areas, we've got the getting clear areas, you know, those those different posts. So go in there and commit. Let us know what you're working on. Let us a- answer those questions that you have. Don't be f- afraid; it's a private group. Go in there, share with us, and then we can maybe pull from some of those people too to get some some ideas around what we, you know, what people are wanting to, to talk about, what people want to be coached around. Um, so let us know if there's something that you'd like to hear about. Um, we're happy to to talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I also always, or I'm going to do it every time. I hope to remember to please. Uh, request if you're listening and you've enjoyed us to please go to itunes and leave us a review we really uh appreciate those and appreciate your time and it helps us a great deal um yes. we can't get out there more if we don't have reviews so if you would okay. take the time if you're listening and you're getting anything at all out of this please uh go and write a review and you know what even if you hate us go write a review because it doesn't matter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good review bad review it's all of good we want reviews let
0: us know what you know if we we need to improve let us know well we can take that into account you know we want to hear your opinions so awesome all right so next week i will start the coaching um around the different seven steps so you guys have a couple of weeks to get get in there and start letting us know what you want um great and uh yeah i think that's all right all right
1: yep have a great week all
0: right well we'll see you later bye bye james All right, well, thank you so much for joining us on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We hope that you got a little slice of practical transformation that you can use in your personal and business life.
1: And here's what we wanna leave you with. Whether you are just starting on this journey of practical transformation and just starting with baby step affirmations just to focus you in a direction of loving yourself, or whether you've been doing this work for a long time and you can literally say, I am thrilled with the path my life is on, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. The thing that's in front of you is the thing that's going to have you at your most powerful once you accomplish it. And what I know and what we know is if you're willing to take baby steps with progress, not perfection, and just staying on that horse, you're going to get there. And we're going to get there with you. So thanks for being with us.
0: Now, don't forget to go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And reach us at info at doing, uh, sorry, info at j and, and that will let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover or anybody you want us to interview. Maybe you.
1: You can reach us on our Facebook page too, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, totally. So, um, that's just facebook.com slash becca. All right. We'll see you around next time.